Hello. Welcome to Christmas Fest. Uh, this is our final one. Um, I'm joined here by uh, Red Lanyard. Al, how are you today? Um, that is me, and I'm doing um, quite well. Um, I'm doing quite jolly, if you will. How are yes. you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, today we're going to talk about Year Without a Santa Claus, which I had not watched in literal years. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, when was the last time you watched this, Al? Before recently. So, after further review, and by further review, I mean after after like s- sitting down to watch this, um, I actually don't think I've ever seen this one. Oh, okay. Um, I've seen all the other stop ocean c- Christmas films from the seventies. Yeah. Um, that like I'm um, just kind of blended kind of together in my mind That's uh, fair. so i've seen like um i've seen rudolph red nose reindeer of course um i've seen i don't know what it's called but i've seen the one that kind of tells like the origin story of santa claus okay yeah i forget um, what that's called too yeah and so i've seen that one um and so like i've seen a bunch of those this one after sitting down um and watching it I realized I had no <laughs> no memory of it whatsoever. So okay. actually, I don't think I've seen this one. Okay, well, awesome, awesome. Um, well, so do you want to break down the synopsis for us today? Oh, boy. <laughs> so this felt like, this is another one where I'm really glad I watched this one with other people. Um, I did that a lot this year, whereas last year I kind of watched everything like alone. This year I watched it with other people and I'm glad I did because if I hadn't, and if I hadn't had like co-viewers to, (laughs) to like, (laughs) to like, um, confirm the fact that we sat down and watched this, I would have thought it was like a total fever dream. Um, because this movie is insane. Um, so the idea behind it, I really don't like, I don't know. Uh, this is going to be the episode where like everyone really realizes like, oh, Al's like a big old Grinch. Like he, he really does not love the magic of Christmas, um, which is right. Um, the holidays are one of the most stressful times of my life. <laughs> so like you are correct i don't like christmas very much uh, uh, this is going to be the episode where everybody is just going to be like um no boo hiss the old old ebenezer owl just just hates christmas um because straight up spoiler alert um i love you jenny i did not like this movie okay all right <laughs> so 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 this movie is in a very roundabout way is about what happens when Santa decides he doesn't want to do Christmas that year, which I feel like is a recurring theme in Christmas films. However, I cannot think of an example where that happens um, in anything else for some reason. I know, I know I've seen things uh, where that premise has been before, but um, I can't think of any examples now. Okay. So, so we open up. Um, uh, I'll try to frame this as if I'm reading the screenplay. So we <laughs> open <laughs> the North Pole. 
um, snow is falling. Um, and we find Santa, and Santa is very sick. He's got some kind of cold or flu, or is just a thousand years old, and this is his life now. I don't know which. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we open on Santa. He's very sick. And he's just like, I don't know if I have it in me to to do Christmas this year. Oh my God, you sound just like him. Santa is voiced <laughs> by Mickey Rooney. And I'm pretty sure that, that Mr. Rooney was like completely blitzed when he recorded this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard a more drunk sounding man. Santa in this film sounds like what I sound like like three hours into a New Year's Eve party. Like, <laughs> it's not so I can just, confirm. That's true. <laughs> so Santa's just like, I don't know if I can do Christmas this year. Um, and, and so he's just like, I'm taking a holiday. I'm tired. I guess he like, I guess he doesn't have a holiday. Like, the other 364 days of the year. He's just like, I'm taking a hold. I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm old as shit. I'm, I'm not doing it this year. And so there are reverberations throughout the North Pole and also, I guess, the rest of the world because it ends up in like the newspapers. Um, I still don't know like how that happened. I know he told the elves to go talk to the town criers, which seems like kind of a roundabout way to get something into the newspaper. But... <laughs> But that's fine. Uh, but like Christmas is off this year, and and thus the year without a Santa Claus. You know, um, very, um, you know, very straightforward kind of premise for um, a story. Um, things go a lot of different places. Um, um, Mrs. Claus has like her own. Uh, it's a quest that is also like um, a Broadway number as well, where she's just like, well, what if I were Santa Claus? <laughs> and I thought that's where the movie was going, and then that idea just kind of stops. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, nope, I guess she can't be. <laughs> Never mind. Um, um, Jingle and Jangle show up. Um, they're useless throughout the movie. <laughs> However, they're given a very important task by Mrs. Claus, which makes you consider um, just how inept the other elves are who work there. If she was just like, mm, these two are the ones who can do this. Because Mrs. Claus wants to show Santa that he's wrong, that there are people who care about Christmas and about him, and that there is still Christmas spirit in the world, Santa Claus, the first act of this film, Santa Claus is like very like um, existential. He gets like very depressed. He's just like, nobody cares about me anyway. I, I could die tomorrow and, and no one would no one would know. Um, and, and so you're just kind of like, oh, whoa, Jesus. <laughs> and Mrs. Claus is just like, it's not true. I'm going to send these two um, questionably competent elves to go find proof of this. And apparently they're going to take the most frail reindeer that they have. <laughs> because another subplot of the film is that um, the elves get there. They try to find some Christmas stuff. 
they find that the kids are like are kind of into Santa and kind of not. They're like very like I'm not even like trying to make fun of the kids in this film. They actually strike me as like very like emotionally mature and healthy people because they're just kind of like, oh, if Santa if Santa wants to take a year off, like that's not any of our business. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, okay. I kind of feel like there isn't any kind of feel like there isn't any conflict in this movie. <laughs> like it seems like they're cool with it. Um, but um, the sun is too bright or something. And um, the reindeer they take, I forget which one is it. Is it? It's Vixen, isn't it? Vixen, that's right. Yes, yeah. Vixen, you're right. Because yeah. that leads to a traffic cop who I assume was also an admiral in the Napoleonic Wars uh, <laughs> because of how he's dressed. <laughs> but that leads to this traffic cop um, to say my favorite line from the film when he stops the elves because he's just like, um, oh, yes, I'm citing you for riding a vixen the wrong way down the road, um, which is. Oh, my God, he does say that, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, How did he know that her name was Vixen, though? He asks. Yeah, he's just oh, like, what okay. is that? And the elves are just like, it's Vixen. <laughs> Just like, well, then you're under arrest for riding a vixen down the road. And it was just like, I, I, I bet you that is a law. <laughs> so, so vixen gets caught by a dog catcher, which is the most cartoonishly evil thing I can imagine. Um, and the elves are just like, well, we can't get back now. And then they meet this child who isn't sure if he believes in Santa and then his father has like a has a flashback reminiscent of like a Kurosawa film where he's just like, I remember when Santa brought me a toy and stood over my bed and sang to me while I slept. <laughs> um, <laughs> because at this point, Santa's woken up and he's just like, well, I feel horrible, but I don't trust Jingle and Jangle to not screw this up. So yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to America and, <laughs> and fight them. Um, and Santa, so Santa goes to America. And for some reason, Santa is dressed like a, like a pimp from the 80s. <laughs> And I don't know why. <laughs> but he shows up and he's in like a color coordinated like pinstripe suit. And he has like a cane and a hat on. Um, and the entire time you're like expecting Shaft to show up and like slap Santa. <laughs> um, and... Y'all, if it feels like I'm just kind of saying shit on this episode, that's because that's how disjointed this movie is. I know, I'm sitting here like laughing, and I'm like, I don't know why. This is literally what happens in the movie. Like, this you're is what just happens. I'm going beat by beat. <laughs> so eventually Santa pays the fine to get Vixen out of the pound, which there's a lot of things wrong with that sentence. Um, um, as, as we learned from Final Fantasy IX... If the punishment for breaking a law is a fine, then that law only exists for the poor. Um, 
So Santa pays a fine, gets Vixen out of out of the pound. And, and she's and sick, right? Because she is sick. And she yeah. has to and they have to fly her back to the North Pole real quick. The elves are left. Santa has not laid eyes on Jingle and Jangle at this point. <laughs> so the elves team up with the children. And this is where the movie completely lost me. <laughs> because they end up going to talk to the mayor because that's the police officer's suggestion <laughs> is that uh, we have to get our deer back and the police officer says we'll take it up with the mayor which is like not how that chain of authority works <laughs> I cannot imagine if like if god forbid like Sully my dog got caught by a dog catcher and I went to the authorities. I was just like, hey, my dog got unlawfully detained. And they were just like, well, you're going to have to go talk to the mayor of Lexington to get your dog out. <laughs> I would probably just be like, well, instead, I'm just going to go to the pound and just like see if they stop me instead. Because I don't think the mayor's going to have time for this. <laughs> I'm just going to take my chances. Like. Yeah, I'm just going to, like, I'm just going to hold on to the hope that that whatever kind of person you have to be to become a dog catcher like, <laughs> is the kind of person that I can physically overpower. <laughs> um, but they go to the mayor, and somehow it gets to the point where they're just like, we need a national holiday for santa which i thought was christmas right but i'm wrong <laughs> according to this movie and the mayor says i'll give you anything you want if you can make it snow and it's just like what what the hell are you talking about yeah well it's like the mayor also doesn't believe that reindeer exist oh yeah he doesn't yeah. believe reindeer exist yeah, like... he doesn't believe that like he doesn't believe that the weather can be unpredictable because <laughs> it could just randomly snow. I know they're in Southtown, USA or whatever, but like it has snowed in weirder places. Yeah. It's snowed on the equator before. <laughs> it's not going to just never happen. Right. Um, and so, God take it from here jenny because i'm having i'm having i was being serious when that is the movie completely lost me <laughs> because like i had trouble following it at that point like well, no, cool. take it from here <laughs> so so somehow i don't remember how maybe you can help me um but mrs claus gets with Klingle and Klingle somehow she ends up in south town usa and they're yes. like do what Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And I don't remember why she goes there. I think, oh, I think she's like, they've been gone too long. I need to go find them. Like, I guess she thinks something bad happened to Santa or something like that. And so then she's like, we'll have to go talk to um, Heat Miser and Snow Miser. And so then she goes, they yeah. go, like, yeah. Um, which, by the way, side note, because I, 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 every time I watch a Christmas movie now, this is what I think of. Um, I would say Heat Miser and Snow Miser are definitely Omega level mutants as well. Um, mm. I mean, they have to be, right? Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, if they have like complete control of the weather, then like that's, yeah, that's pretty big. 
yeah like i don't know um so but they talk to him and like they they both do like a little gig because they each have a song um (laughs) and and then uh oh man did i fall asleep during this hold on um i promise (laughs) i watched it because i watched it with Josh and jacob no no Um, it's okay i do want to interject real quick yes Um, um, Jenny, I feel like you know more about this this cinematic universe than I do. Um, <laughs> why, when we get to to Snow Miser and Heat Miser, why are there several tiny versions of them? Um, so I did ask my brothers this when we were watching it. And I was like, there's so many little ones. And so I just called them, they're kind of like demons. But, like, that's probably not what the movie was going for, right? Like, I don't know. Is that no explanation as to what they are? <laughs> I don't know. Anywhere? I, I don't know. I, are you I, serious? I, in, any, in any of the films, I do not recall them explaining that. They're just kind of like, they're little henchmen. Like. That is... That is infuriating. If anybody no has, expl- <laughs> has lore on Snow Miser and Heat Miser, please hit us up. We would love to know. There's uh, no way. <laughs> because I saw them and I was just kind of like, are those like their children that look oh, exactly maybe. like them? And then I kind of thought, like, is there a chance that, like, uh, behind all the pomp and circumstance, they have, like, a lab where, like, a bunch of these, like, clones are just kind of, like, in, like, a vat of fluid just waiting to be released? Like, what is what's going on with this? <laughs> I will look more into this. But, um, but yes, okay, so, so they do, like, a little jig with, like, their little, like, mini people. Wait, maybe it's kind of like Bowser. You know how Bowser has all, like, his, like, little, like, he has, like, 80 million kids? Maybe it's kind of like that. Anyway. Sorry. (laughs) Did that explain anything? (laughs) No, you know how Bowser, did I lose you? Bowser has like the little, like the little Bowsers, right? Doesn't he? He does. Yeah. He has like Bowser Jr. And like. Okay. Koopa Kid. Yeah. And and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's kind of the same type of thing. But anyway, okay. So yes, they do the little jig, and then Snow Miser. Um, Josh just reminded me of this. He was like, Snow Miser's like, I'll make snow, but it's Heat Miser's territory, so you gotta go talk to him. And Heat Miser's like, Well, I want the entire North Pole. Um, and then I think Mrs. Claus ends up going to Mother Nature, who I guess is the mother of Snow Miser and Heat Miser. Yep. And then Mother Nature is like, Y'all are being bratty, basically, right? I think yeah. that's what happens. And then and then it's it does snow and the mayor's yeah. like just shocked. Um <laughs> just like the mayor cannot believe it. Yeah, he's just like, wow, that's crazy. Um and ugh, I wow. I'm so sorry. That's no, okay. So I, I think I can <laughs> pick it up in there. Okay. So I was having trouble because I knew Heat and Snowmiser show up, but for the life of me, I could not remember how they got from A to B. Okay, yes. so, so I hope I helped. <laughs> no, that's great. That's excellent. Also, small detail we noticed about um, 
about Snow Miser and Heat Miser. For some reason, they very specifically point out that they are stepbrothers, which is which feels like such a weird detail to single out oh in God, this like good. children's movie. It's <laughs> it's very odd because they go to Snow Miser first because they're just like, hey, we need it to snow in Southtown. And Snow Miser is just like, oh, that's my stepbrother's territory. You'll have to talk to him. And all of us on the couch when we were watching it were just like, stepbrother? Wait, yeah. Well, now that makes me curious about Mother Nature's, like, relationship status, kind of. Like, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and so. Anyway, so, um, sorry, I got distracted by this article I found that talks about the misers, but um, does not address um, who the tiny versions of them are. Um, so, so yeah, um, but they go to their mom, and other nature says, we're going to compromise. Um, you'll allow a spring day in the North Pole, and then you'll allow it to snow in Southtown, and that'll be that. And they're just kind of like, well, okay. Um, then it snows. The mayor makes the incredible leap from like seeing snow in his town to just being like, I guess Santa Claus is real. Um, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, and so he like, he kind of like helps prop up the holiday or Santa and kind of like helps spread the word and, and like adds like um, legitimacy um, behind it. And it's just like, we'll have a holiday just for Santa so he can take a break or whatever. Um, and so it goes around the world. It's just like, hey, Santa's taking a break this year. No Christmas. And again, all of the children act like very reasonably. Yeah, they're just like massive massive. to their to this massive change in their <laughs> lives. Like all of the children are just kind of like, oh well, okay. Like some of them are sad, but like for the most part, if I walked into a group of children and said, "Hey guys, there's no Christmas this year," like that room would be torn to shreds by like the panic and like indignation amongst those kids like there's no way <laughs> but in this uh, worldwide it's just like hey there's no Christmas this year and children are just kind of like well, well okay he deserves a break <laughs> you're just like oh wow okay Again, very emotionally mature children and so um, but Santa uh, begins to get gifts from the children as a way of saying like hey Santa like you've earned a break like, you know, you deserve to have a gift this year and stuff. Um, um, again, just like very like awesome versions of children. And Santa receives a letter from this one girl. Um, the oh, yes. Letter is somehow enchanted to yeah. sing Blue Christmas. <laughs> There's a montage and there's a girl who's like crying and just like, oh, sad child. And Santa is just like, well, I never thought canceling Christmas would make one child sad. (laughs) (laughs) 
who could have predicted that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and make Christmas happen. And so he hops in his sleigh and he like drops off all the toys, which I guess the elves were ahead of schedule because it feels like this drama has been going on <laughs> for like weeks. He, he flies around and he does the toy deliveries and he comes back and everyone's just like, oh, yeah, it's Santa Claus. And Iggy, the child whose dad had like a spiritual experience with Santa Claus when he was a child. Iggy's just kind of like, well, I guess I do believe in Santa because he's like seen with his eyes Santa fly away on a reindeer, um, which is something I brought up last year after we watched Polar Express, which is just like, okay, at that point, like your belief really doesn't count. Like that's not, <laughs> like you're not proving anything. Like you just like, you don't believe in Santa. You you saw an an old, very well dressed man fly away on a reindeer. Like you you know Santa now. Like that's right. not <laughs> it doesn't really hit the same way. But um but um yeah, he does that um in front of the mayor too. He like flies away on a reindeer, just an open view of people. And it's just like, well, I mean you could have done that the whole time to bring the back the entire theory. time. Yes. And why didn't you just do that? Like, what yes. was this weird rigmarole? Uh, <laughs> but, and I think that's it. I think that's the movie. It, it's confusing because by the time you get to the end of the film, the title is kind of a lie because it was not the year without the Santa Claus because he ends up going and doing and doing Christmas anyway. That's true. You're right. And so you're just kind of like, what was the point of all this? (laughs) No, that's fair. I don't understand. Did Santa Claus really not think that not having Christmas, there'd be zero sad children? Like, because he gets that one thing. He gets the blue Christmas card (laughs) and, like, shatters his world. And he's just like, oh, sweet Lord, what have I done? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the children would have had an adverse reaction to not receiving Christmas gifts. Like, it's, it's wild. Anyway, that's the drawn out version of the synopsis. That took us almost the runtime of the movie. That was honestly the longest synopsis I think we've ever had. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, unconnected my, things. It's so weird. So much happens. And then, like, yeah. I don't know. It was it was so interesting. So like when I first watched this this time because it's been so long, I had remembered the movie differently. I thought that the year was literally without the Santa Claus. And so like the whole year like Santa Claus is like I don't know, like having like issues, like feeling guilty. Like that's how I remembered it in my head. But like I don't think I've watched it since I was a kid. So like I don't know. Um, but rewatching it, like you, you mentioned that Mrs. Claus is like, I, I, I'm like kind of going to defend Mrs. Claus here because I think, well, not really defend. I think why she sent Jingle and Jangle is to get Santa out of bed because she knew how dumb they were. And, and in her, to her credit, if that is what she was doing, and I know I'm probably just overthinking this movie, then it did work because when Santa heard that they had took taken Vixen, 
he was like, oh, shit, and gets out of bed and tries to go grab Vixen because she's, like, the weakest reindeer. Um, so I think that's what Mrs. Claus was trying to do. Um, but, yeah. Um, so what were your first initial thoughts on this movie? Um, yeah. <laughs> I do like that explanation. For, oh, okay. <laughs> for why Mrs. Claus acts the way she does. I just can't help imagine, like, there are so many uncontrolled variables in that situation. <laughs> like, what if Jingle and Jangle, I don't know where Southtown USA was supposed to be. Like, it just kind of looked like a a vaguely, like, a vaguely American town in, like, the 50s. Like I it didn't Alabama really vibes. That's what I was getting. I'm sorry. I got Alabama vibes. Alabama. Okay, so prime example right there. <laughs> what if Jingle and Jangle had landed in like I don't know, like southeastern Georgia instead, and they had walked down the street like dressed as elves and they were just like we're hello sir we're trying to find some <laughs> some semblance of christmas spirit and like they just like get shot and killed. <laughs> <laughs> so much was left to chance <laughs> in this scenario it's I mean, ridiculous yeah. you have a good point you bring up a it's good crazy. point it's also kind of kind of wild that they ended up in america of all places it's like of all the places. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so the thing that struck me the most about Here Without a Santa Claus, I feel so bad because I know there are a lot of people who really love these movies. Um, um, and my wife is one of them. She really um, enjoys like these like old stop ocean Christmas films. Um, I can only speak for this one because I haven't seen any of the others in like decades. Mm-hmm. But um, um, my first reaction to the movie was, man, I don't like how these movies look. <laughs> like it look, it just looks off. Like the mouths move when the characters speak, and they look like not synced up well enough to be convincing, but like synced up too well so that they like don't feel like they're like small plastic or wooden dolls. They're like somewhere in between and like it, I don't know. It makes me scared. Like, (laughs) I see it and I'm just like, oh, that's, I don't care for that. That's odd. (laughs) And like, there's no way for me to get around that because like it happens the entire movie. The entire, Um, yeah. The entire movie. Um, The eyes about the characters always look just like very dead. There's a point when Iggy, uh, when Iggy's family which I did um, just remember something about Iggy. I'm going to get to him later on. Um, when Santa shows up and is asked in, or like hot cocoa or whatever, uh, with Iggy's parents, 
and Iggy's dad starts to talk about the time um, he somehow um, woke up on Christmas Eve and did not scream when he like just found Santa Claus just like standing over his bed and like slowly began to sing to him. Um, and he's talking about that and like he's having flashbacks and like he, he's reminiscing about it. Iggy's Iggy's um right that entire sequence of scenes for like the four minutes that that song plays Iggy's mom's face does not move <laughs> and it's horrible it's the worst thing I've ever seen <laughs> because like there's a lot going on and it's flashing back and then it's coming back to like the present and like it's going to Iggy and it's going to Santa and it's going to Iggy's dad and just like Iggy's mom is just sitting there, just like smile plastered on her face, like shh, shh, shh. he's a Stepford wife, and like it's it's not cool. <laughs> it's not cool. To, it's not appealing to watch. And so, like that was a big obstacle for me with this movie. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's definitely um, fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's funny, like, when we watch these movies for Christmas Fest, like, I always, like, halfway through, I'm, like, trying to, I'm, like, I wonder what Al is going to think of this. And sometimes I can gauge it, but I did not know what to expect with this. I'm, like, Al's either going to think this is adorable or the reaction you're having now. So... But, like, because I thought that, too. I was, like, this is a little creepier than I remembered, but I'm, like, you know... I consider the time, which, you know, like, I know you do too. Like, you've, you know, I'm sure you've, like, thought about this. But, like, you know, at that time, that was, like, super advanced. Like, they released that and they were, like, this is, like, the pinnacle of, like, animation. Like, we're doing this. Like, nobody else was doing this at the time. Um, and so, like, it, it, for the 70s, like, I, it's kind of brilliant. Um, and, you know, the storyline is different, um and then like the music in it is just very like serious like it's very like you know like very like they put a lot of time into it um and then of course like I definitely my thoughts went to Ben Wyatt when he's like trying to learn how to do claymation (laughs) um and I'm like wow that took him like so long so this must have taken them like years but no but like no place for you (laughs) but uh (laughs) but no like I overall like my first thoughts was like this is like enjoyable but it's like you have to like just suspend like your reality basically to watch it um which I guess is like a lot of Christmas movies (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not like it's very true that like you do have to consider um like the time it came out and things like that. Um so like yeah, with that being said, it's like not the worst thing I've ever seen. Um no. but like, like everything you said was valid though. That wasn't me being like, oh my god, no, this is like amazing. But no, no, it's it's <laughs> just like it just is very off-putting. Yes. 
Yes, for sure. No, I agree. Like, <laughs> yeah, because now I am thinking about the wife and like that that means that whoever the animator was is like, well, it's just the woman. It can just sit there. It's fine. Like you we just put a smile on her face. But like if you're thinking about it that way, you know. Um just have her enjoy it. It's fine. <laughs> um who was your favorite side character? Um <laughs> Um I like I like the <laughs> snow miser pretty well. I thought you were going to say heat miser. Well, see, heat miser, he raised the stakes of the game way too high. <laughs> like, like, you go to snow miser first, and snow miser is just like, well, I can't really cause it to snow um, in Southtown. For that, we're going to have to get uh, my stepbrother on board. Stepbrother. Not blood brother for everybody out there. <laughs> I have to get my stepbrother on board. And so they go to Heat Miser, and Heat Miser is just like, sure, it can snow in South Town if I can make it be summer in the North Pole. It's <laughs> just like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> that is way too much of an escalation. Like, like Snow Miser wants it to snow for one day in South Town. You want to destroy the ecological like value of the North Pole. That is yeah. not the same. That is not an equal trade-off. Uh, so, yeah, that would have been awful. Like, it would have been horrible. It would have yeah. been they would not have recovered. Like, <laughs> it'd be over. It'd be a thousand years without a Santa Claus. Um, but um um I do like the snow miser. I do have a theory that I have to um share the credit for um with my friend um Ike Huber uh because he called it out first because during the snow miser song he talks about like everything I touch turns into the snow and he does and he touches this and he touches that and he touches that seems like a horrible way to live mm-hmm. but <laughs> I can only imagine he'll like he'll pull like a king Ibis thing and like find someone he loves and reaches out to touch them and they turn into snow. Um, which, to be fair, the much more horrifying version of that is with Heat Miser because everything he touches just melts. Right, yeah. So, so that'd be even even horribler, if you will. But, um, but um, Ike and I have a theory about Snow Miser because every time he says, everything I touch turns to snow in my clutch... The only thing he like really ever touches in that song is hats. Oh, because like he touches his hat and then he touches the hats on like all of his small whatever they are. <laughs> a, part of me, a part of me hopes that a part of me was hoping that like I was the only one who could see them. What? What small guys are you talking about, Al? Uh, um, but like he touches all of their hats, and I think all he ever touches in that song that turns to snow is hats. And I'm just like, wait, I think his superpower is just that all the hats he touches turn to snow. 
<laughs> I think this guy isn't that impressive at all. Uh, but um, I do like him. I like his song. Uh, I like that he was the far more reasonable of the stepbrothers. But um, yeah, I liked him all right. I liked him all right. How about you, Jenny? Um, mine was um, I love Vixen. So, but um, so we haven't talked about him yet. But in the first scene. The doctor that comes in there is so, like, I just, he's so, like, pessimistic and horrible and, like, basically tells Santa that, like, he's the worst thing ever. And then he's like, you're probably going to die. Like, do you remember this guy or did I just see him myself? No, no, no. <laughs> I remember. I do remember him. Um, I'll be honest, I kind of forgot about him. But, yeah, did you bring him up? Well, no, like, he really just made things worse for Santa. But, like, he's he's so like mean that it's funny because like it just didn't go along with the like you know like because mrs claus is like oh you'll be fine da, da. and then the doctor's like no like nobody likes you like i don't know like nobody even like believes in you anymore and like I'm, you're literally treating santa claus it's, like, very, <laughs> it's very jarring like, it it really is. Is. it's it not is. what you expect at all you'd be uh, <laughs> Like, you basically expect... Because, like, he's an elf who lives in the North Pole. He, right, he is. You kind of expect him to be, like, all on board. And he's just like, yeah, Christmas. Let's, let's do it for the kids. You definitely don't expect him to come in and just be like, oh, Santa, you're old and there is bitch in your heart. You don't expect... <laughs> <laughs> that's completely what he gives you, which is wild. Um, God, he was an elf. That makes it even worse. Yeah, he's an elf. He's an oddly like aged elf compared to all the other elves. It's very confusing. I don't yeah. know how that race works. Well, but, it's also like where did he go to school? You know, probably the same place where um, um, the elf Crentist becomes a dentist. I would <laughs> you got me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, but yeah, he's just yeah, he's just a little turd, isn't he? Yes, but it's so he's hilarious though, and so I'm gonna put Vixen's number one, but he's like a close second because I gotcha. no, that's fair. <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be the example I use from now on uh, with people who like who like haven't known me as long as you guys have, uh, and so like I'm just gonna be like. Um, because I feel like the attitude that the Dr. Elf in Year Without a Santa Claus has was pretty much me in high school. I was just very crabby and kind of mean. <laughs> I was just, just kind of like, oh, yeah, you enjoy that thing? Oh, be ashamed if you died and went to hell because no one loves you. <laughs> I feel like that was me. <laughs> That's not how I remember you, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I wasn't as jolly as I am now. I know that, but. <laughs> also, also, um, side note. So I I typed into Google, who are the mini snow misers, okay? And so it took me to the site, and it just says that they're just snow miser minions, and um it says they, they look the same <laughs> well it doesn't explain that okay but like this is what it says they are a group of six characters employed by snow miser who share their master's likeness and do his bidding 
The icy group of servants carry out such tasks as operating the cold weather controlling machine and engaging in synchronous dance routines to welcome visitors. That's their entire job. Wow. So. <laughs> I mean, if you're good at what you do, then you might as well stick to it. Yeah. Weird. Oh, that's so uh, weird. I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. He gives me, you made the comparison to like X-Men earlier with on the Miser guys. Like that gives me like Mr. Sinister vibes where like he just kind of, he does clones like specifically engineered to do these specific jobs. Uh, it's so weird. Anyway. Yeah. Well, so the Heat Miser's explanation for his minions um, are that they're six miniature reproductions of their master. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Yeah, six miniature reproductions of their master, dressed in clothes that resemble footy pajamas, sure. who serve in his capacity as the keeper of warm weather throughout the world. So, But they are apparently only featured in um, The Year Without the Santa Claus. So I guess... The other times we see Heat Miser, you do not see his minions. Weird. Uh, but anyways. I don't like that term. <laughs> yeah, that's it a- sounds like they were children made for the purpose of, like, having <laughs> slaves. It, it wasn't great. Um, do your bidding. So, like, you know, it's essentially what those homeschooled families with over ten children do. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you, uh, but we're going to move on, though. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you like about this movie, Al? Um, I like just how crazy it was. Like, it's, it was, a du- it was a double-edged sword because, like, in hindsight, as I recall it, um, like, I'm finding a lot of, like, hilarious things and I'm laughing about it, and it's all good fun. In the moment when I was watching it, it got to the point where they went and visited the mayor, and the mayor was just like, I'll I'll make a special holiday for Santa if you can cause it to snow in Southtown. And like at that point, I remember just audibly going, this is so stupid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just stupid movie. <laughs> But, like, in hindsight, I'm just kind of like, wow, they really, like, you could get away with anything story-wise with, like, kids' movies in the 70s. It's wild. Like, it it sounds like they wrote, like, um, five pages of the script at a time in between, like, three-month-long breaks. So they come back to it, and they're just like, oh, where were we going with this again? They're just like, what if the mayor really wants it to snow? And they're just like, okay, let's go with that. And then they wrote it, and then they left, and they came back. And they're just like, okay, now where were were they going? They're just like, what if they went to see the heat and snow misers? And they're just like, yeah, that sounds good. Are they brothers? And they're just like, no, never. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so... It's so crazy, but, like, <laughs> the unhinged, like, nature of it is kind of the most enjoyable thing. But, I, um, yeah. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, 
Under no circumstances can people think they're blood related. <laughs> no, no, just right out. I need them to each say stepbrothers six times during the movie. <laughs> so that's apparently, um, upon further looking down the Google rabbit hole, um, I guess that in some uh, storylines, they are actually twin brothers. Um, well, that's confusing. <laughs> it is. But, and, and this is in the same, like, universe, too. So maybe they're also confused, or maybe Mother Nature just doesn't know how to tell them that. I don't. I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know their life. You know. Okay. Um, Who wrote this? Who wrote this film? William Ra- Keenan. William Keenan. You need to get. <laughs> you need to get real with your consistency in your writing. Okay. You need to stick to the standards that you yourself created. As I'm saying this, yes, I realize he's probably dead. (laughs) But but still, (laughs) that is unacceptable. Well, stepbrothers and twin brothers are so different. Like... Oh, yeah. Like, it goes from being, like, um, you guys are just the kids of two people who happen to hook up afterwards to... You guys shared a womb with each other. Like, that doesn't... <laughs> right. And so then I'm like, okay, so who did Mother Nature give birth to if they're stepbrothers? Which one is, like, the, you know? Yeah, I don't know. They, I don't... they both they both seem so, like, attached and beholden to her. Right, exactly. Like, it doesn't feel like there's any kind of, like, step relationship going on there. It's very I... odd. I know. I wonder if that's like something like the actor messed up on. I don't know. Um, it also says that, um, like I have found that they it says for some reason on this one uh, post that like Mother Nature did give birth to Snow Miser, but it does not mention Heat Miser. So maybe he is the. Uh, um, and if Snow Miser is Jack Frost, then the Frost King is his father. Um, Anyway. Is he Jack Frost? Is that a thing? Well, so he's taken from that character, apparently. So, Mother Nature and the Frost King, they're a thing, apparently. I don't know. I guess so. This is is one of the... (laughs) Somebody out there in the internet who's listening to this, um, (laughs) pink me up with... um, any Nicholson on YouTube because this sounds like the kind of video essay that she would do is explore <laughs> yeah. the weird inconsistent relationship between Heat Miser and Snow Miser. This sounds like a prime prime Jenny Nicholson type of video. Yeah, just the Miser brothers in general, like or the family, should I say? Like wow. Oh, oh so weird. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Man, yeah, I've just gone everywhere. Um, (laughs) What um, we talked kind of like what we disliked about it, right? Um, Was there anything you wanted to add to that? Um, So here's the thing with Iggy, right? So with (laughs) Iggy, it's even, it's even more egregious than what I had originally said. Because I'd originally said, like, I guess 
Iggy's just kind of like, I guess I do believe in Santa Claus after he's like seen Santa Claus do Santa Claus things with his own eyes. It's even more egregious than that because I just remembered Iggy goes with the elves and Mrs. Claus to talk to Heat Miser and Snow Miser. Oh, you're right. Like this dude flies up into the clouds, meets like two different like elemental like forces of nature <laughs> like listens to them barter with each other like and then comes back to somehow does not die from the extreme heat and cold in those areas that's amazing they comes back down and he's just like well you know what i think there might be something to this anti-claw stuff like this <laughs> this kid I don't know if I respect Iggy for, like, staying as cool as he does throughout these events. <laughs> or if, like, I want him to die for, like, how, <laughs> for, like, how obtuse he is. Like, it's, oh, it's so, it's so crazy. Iggy is such a weird character. Especially when he drops his, his, his name, his, this dude's name is Ignatius. This old, this old rub, what's his name? Thistle weed, I think. Thistle white. This dude's name is Ignatius Thistle white. Okay, a more complicated name than I give a majority of NPCs in my Dungeons and Dragons games. <laughs> and he drops that name, and almost immediately is just like, "Oh, but you can call me Iggy." And I'm just like, "The hell, I'm going to." You- your name is Ignatius Thistlewhite. <laughs> like, it sounds like you, it sounds like you tamed a dragon on a mountain. Like I'm not, call, I'm not calling you Iggy. Like God, what a weird character. Um. Anyway, so all that being said, Ignatius yeah. is apparently like a popular name, like in the 60s and 70s. Anyway, it's a pretty cool name. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty cool it, name. It was I a saint of Antioch. Hmm. I don't think I have any aunts or uncles or like extended family with that name, but uh, be cool if I did. I know. Well, and so like now I'm like, is Iggy Azalea's name really Ignatius? Ignatius Azalea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We there's no way of knowing. Um, Could be who's to say? (laughs) I I I don't know. I don't know. That's incredible. Wow. But, but yes, um, yeah. Uh, well, would you watch it again, Al? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the shock value that I got out of the movie um, just won't hit as hard the second time I watch it. That's fair. Um, That's fair. Uh, and like, I don't know. I know. I know these movies are like very important. To like my wife and like her side of the family, so like, um, so one day if we ever have kids and stuff, I'm sure like this is one of the the plethora of films that will be shown um, at one point or the other, and I'll join in on that one. Um, I don't think I'll ever like strike the fancy of being like, you know what, I'm gonna sit down and watch Year Without a Santa Claus again. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it'll enter, like, my personal rotation of Christmas films. But, um, you know, 
it was fun when I watched it. I got to see um, straight up the last line said in the film is Santa flying away in a sleigh saying, I've dreamed such unhappy things. Um, <laughs> and that was that was awesome. <laughs> what a way to end a Christmas movie. <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't well thought out. Um, I do all good nights. Like, <laughs> what were they going for with that line? That is so crazy. Oh, that's that is nuts. Um, Dreamed yeah. such unhappy things. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know we we talked about this before on this podcast, but like you know it's like they really do. Um, Lines like that, it's where they, like, stand on the fence with horror and Christmas. It's like, what are you talking about, Santa? That's scary. Like, you know? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I guess he was saying that, like, year without a Santa Claus, oh, how dreadful that would be. But, like, he should say that. Yeah, he right. Should, <laughs> he should just say, I've dreamed of such unhappy things. What a crazy thing to say. <laughs> God, it's so weird. What a weird <laughs> movie. It was so strange. It was. It was. But, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, like, in that camp where I will probably watch this again. Um, you know, it is a classic for me. I do love it. Um, uh, with all its flaws, um, I feel like it's also one of those things. Like when I watch it again, I'll find more weird things about it, and I love things like that. Probably, um, yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, you you said you won't watch this one again, but we probably will watch one of the other films in this universe uh, eventually on the next year's podcast. I'd be down for that. I'd yeah. honestly probably be down to like watch all of them eventually and see if like they are as like because again it has been a while since I watched any of the other ones mm-hmm. but I don't recall them being as like as insane as this one was I just think <laughs> it's so strange I know I mean I'm right there with you though I'm excited uh for what next year holds for this podcast for sure. Um, how would you say it compares to the other films? I don't think a comparison can be drawn. <laughs> I think that's fair. This one was so this one was so out there. Like it was so wild. It felt like I know it's a Christmas classic. <laughs> it did not feel like a Christmas classic. This felt like one of those like obscure weird artsy films yeah that, like, you have to like scour the internet for um to find like it does not it does not feel like i should have been able to just like rent this on amazon prime for three dollars <laughs> like it does not feel like a <laughs> it doesn't feel like a real movie it it just feels i don't know it's so it's so weird. I'm being real. I don't think I can compare it to any of the other ones I've seen because all the other ones I've seen, I've just kind of been like, okay, I get what they're going for. Like I understand. Yeah. This movie feels so pointless. <laughs> like it feels like there's no payoff. It feels like nothing <laughs> is connected to each other. It just kind of feels like Santa woke up one day. He was sick. 
Um, the elves and Mrs. Claus conspired together to make Christmas happen. Um, things in Southtown went down <laughs> on like their own. That's as its own thing. And then Santa had a realization of just like, oh, I, I suppose a child could be sad if they don't receive a Christmas gift. And he goes and does Christmas anyway. I'm just like, what was the point of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't get it. <laughs> there was though, and we didn't talk about this, but like because now I'm like I'm having weird flashbacks to this movie now. Um I don't remember if it's a blue Christmas, but isn't there like a weird like montage of like all of like the kids from the world? Like, is that a different movie? Is that a thing that happens? There kind of is, I think. Yeah. Okay. Let's do a montage of like all the kids, like uh, they're writing like uh, their letters to Santa and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, no, like I'm seeing them like on the world though. Maybe, maybe it's a weird dream I had. Never mind. Um, like I'm, I'm seeing like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> That <laughs> Santa Claus is getting to you. It's all right. Apparently, I don't know. So it's okay, yeah. Jenny. We don't have to watch another one of these for a whole year. <laughs> it's all right. Man, I I do feel like with this podcast, like with this this year's like series, like we picked or like I we picked the most like different ones from each other. I don't feel like any movie that we watched was similar at all. Yeah, like. You could kind of draw some parallels between like Noel and Fred Claus. Okay, yeah, that's as far fair. as like the family themes go. Yeah, uh, but even then, like those those two still feel very different from each other. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then there was three days, which yeah. was just <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what, what was your favorite one we watched this year? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> um, okay, well, let's run through the gambit real quick for everybody at home. Yes, yes. There was Three Days starring Tim Meadows. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> starring Tim Meadows. There was Oh Well. There was Freddy Claus. There was Eagle Without a Santa Claus. What was the fifth one we did? Uh, Christmas with a view. Christmas with a oh my god! Christmas <laughs> with a view. Of course, I forgot that one. Yeah, that one is the most that's the most forgettable movie I've ever watched. <laughs> um, favorite one out of all of them, probably. Oh well. Yeah. I'd probably say yeah. That is the one. I don't know if I enjoyed that one the most um, um, because I enjoyed three days like a lot, but like <laughs> not for the reasons that most people probably enjoy Christmas movies. Um, um, however, I do think Oh Well was probably the best one as far as like the overall like um, quality of like the storytelling went. I think. I think I like that one the most. Okay, yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's you? definitely mine too. Yeah. Like Noel, hands down. Um after that it'd probably be Fred Claus. Yeah, um, same. Same. yeah. Um but yeah, Noel like it's just good. Like just the acting, the storytelling, like I feel like it had the least amount of flaws in any of the movies. Mm, that's true. I'm going to be honest, after Noel and Fred Claus, I think my third favorite one is probably Three Days. Really? Like, straight up, yeah. Well, I mean, the two... <laughs> like, I mean, it's not Christmas with a view, that's for sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think yeah. I... I think I like Christmas with a view the least, just because it feels like... Like, with... <laughs> Uh, with you without a Santa Claus, it feels like I had this like crazy hour long fever dream, right? And it was wild, and like I'll have like jokes I recall for like the rest of my life. <laughs> Christmas with a view, it feels like I did the equivalent of like staring at a blank wall for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> like there was so little substance to that and movie. There was Vivica A. Fox for a little bit, but. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the exception of Vivica Fox. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would say after Fred Claus, it'd probably be, I don't know. I think I like You Without Santa Claus a little bit more than three days. Um, that's fair. And then it'd be three days and then Christmas with a view, I guess. But yeah. yeah. God, <laughs> Christmas with a view. <laughs> It's an hour half. It's an hour and a half of my life. I won't ever get back. It's crazy. I know. I'm so sorry. Oh yeah. Jacob is buying you dinner next time you're in. So good. Good. <laughs> also, um, also as a teaser for everybody, for next year, Christmas Fest 2023, um, I do formally request there is a Christmas film that I want to pick. Ooh, let's hear Christmas. it. Yeah. Um, so this one is probably my favorite Christmas movie um, oh. I've ever seen. Um, I haven't watched it in a few years, which I think is good. It'll feel very fresh still. Mm-hmm. But um, I would like to watch um, Scrooged. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm, I'm all yeah. for that. I think that'll be fun. Yes. So um, there you go, everybody. It'll taste. It'll taste of 23. Yes. Yeah. I'm writing it down so I don't forget, although I don't think you would either, but, um, yeah. Uh, so that concludes Christmas Fest. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we've got a big year planned, uh, for Phantom Correspondent, so keep, keep listening. Um, I know we're going to be doing our, probably our end of year podcast here pretty soon, and then, um, yeah, um, Got some good stuff brewing. Yeah, y'all. We got a whole bunch of stuff still coming. Uh, we have the um, a 2022 um, Star Wars EU review finale with me, Jacob, and a special guest. Um, so we'll be having some Thrawn stuff in there for everybody if you're into Star Wars. Um, and, um, yeah, we'll be looking back on a whole bunch of stuff that happened this year. So, yeah, guys, it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. And uh, a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody. Um, Yeah.
Bye. And may, <laughs> and may you all dream such unhappy things. Yeah. <laughs> and to all, good night.